Good morning, afternoon, evening, and or night. I'm Ryan. I'm your good friend, Daniel. And we are your small town nerds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Small Town Nerds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things nerdy. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing, uh, I'm doing all right, man. You know, uh, I drove up north a little bit, uh, a little bit past hometown, and uh, got some dinner with a friend, and we did a, uh, we did a escape room, and we did a lot better than we thought we would. It was just the two of us, and compared to when I went with like seven other guys from high school a few years back, uh, where we got like halfway through. I think we kicked some pretty good butt doing this thing. We didn't finish it because we're stupid or something, but yeah. Heck yeah. I feel like it would be easier to, if, if there were just two of you versus if there's seven or eight of you. I feel like that's just chaos. I mean, it was a little Cause... it was a little bit chaotic when there were that many of us, but with the two of us, we spent like 20 minutes trying to find the first clue. I suppose if you're looking for something, the more the more people you have could be a benefit, but... If you're trying to think something through, I feel like that's just too many voices, too many thoughts, too many opinions, and it just sounds chaotic to me. Yeah, if we would have had another five minutes, it was an, it was a one-hour thing. If we had another five minutes, we probably would have finished. Heck yeah, but you didn't, we, so you We failed. didn't, yeah. So, mm. yeah, next time you're in town, maybe we'll have to hit up one of those, because escape rooms are a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever done an escape room. I feel like I do pretty well, though. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth trying out. Uh, how about I think you? over my uh, uh, I think over my birthday weekend last year, Tori and I went up to the Mall of America and we debated doing an escape room up there. Um, I think we were short on time though, so we just didn't. Uh, um, but my my week was fine. You know, I had school, so I had to do that. Had exams, got to got to study for homework to do, whole lot of nothing else. LOL. Imagine but, still being in school, nerd. Yeah, I imagine that. Cool. Uh, well, anyways, um, you want to just get started on our nerd news yeah, right let's away? Yeah, let's just jump right in with the nerd news, Daniel. Kick it off. Sure. Uh, so, in case anyone didn't know, WandaVision is getting its own kind of second spinoff, be- not not just the Vision Quest show that is going to be starring Paul Bettany as Vision, but also uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, starring what's-her-name as Agatha. No idea what the premise is beyond Catherine that Catherine Hans. Sure, her. I think it's the actress's name. I, I couldn't tell you. So it's going to be starring her. No idea what the plot is at all, but uh, some fun news that we got. Uh, I, w- I would imagine it's either like it, a... Uh, like a What? Well, you were saying something. I, I stopped for you. Oh, you stopped and then you kept going and then you stopped again. Um, I was going to say, I, th- I have a feeling it's either going to be like a flashback of her time in the coven or the other witches in the coven or their descendants... Or however it works, uh, come and find her after the whole Scarlet Witch fiasco. That's my prediction. Yeah, those are both uh, both definite possibilities. But what we're gonna be, uh, what we're excited about now, or at least I am, is the show has officially cast its villain. We do not know a villain. Yeah. So we do not know who the character is going to be, but we do know that the actress portraying said villain will be Aubrey Plaza. Best known for her roles in, well, her role, I should say, in Parks and Recreation, and my personal favorite, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which, if you have been listening to our show for a while, uh, you'll know is one of my favorite movies. 
Um, I feel I thought I saw somewhere that she's going to be playing an evil witch. So I'm assuming part of the coven. And of course, that means that she is playing the one and only Galactus. Yeah, that makes sense. Gla- everyone Agatha knows the coven of chaos is going to introduce Galactus. Everyone knows played by that- Audrey Plaza. <laughs> Aubrey with a B. Aubrey. Aubrey with a B. Yeah. Galactus with a G. See, the, those two letters rhyme. It's all connected. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's the only news as far as that show goes. Uh, that's the only thing I'm excited for. Aubrey Plaza is a phenomenal actress. Uh, she's one of the best parts of Parks and Recreation. But in general, that's just a great show. And all of the characters are a lot of fun in their own respect. So if you haven't watched that, definitely worth checking out. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it is still, but figure it out. Am I supposed to kick off the next thing? Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Um, okay, so I think we had talked about it in the past. Um, Winnie the Pooh is getting a horror movie makeover. Blood and, and it's Honey. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, yes. Well, it seems that the studio who is producing that movie can't get enough of turning children's properties into their own twisted horror movies. Peter Pan is in the same treatment with Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare. No idea what the plot is, no idea the cast. I, just based on the trailers for Blood and Honey, I'm sure the Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare is going to be an absolute garbage made movie, but I'm going to absolutely love it because I think it's hilarious oh, yeah, it's that gonna, they are doing this. It's going to be up there with movies like Sharknado where it's absolutely yeah. awful, but people love to watch it because it's so bad. Which I think is probably what they're going for, has, especially with Blood and Honey as well. Has that come out yet or what, when does that come out? I think I thought that comes out next year, early next year. Um, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey there you go. comes out. Oh, I'm just seeing 2023 release date. Yeah. No, well, it just says 2023. Well, so sometime next year. If you've seen the trailer, you know that it looks awful. Truly terrible. IMDb says <laughs> New Year's Eve 2023. And they're releasing a trailer now? That's yeah, like, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Yeah, and that trailer's been out for a while. It's been, I don't know, at least a month, two maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they would release a trailer 14 months before release. Probably not. It'll probably be early, early next year sometime. Probably during those dead months of, like, February. February, March, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But speaking of new trailers, um, Avatar The Way of the Water. Way of Water? Way of the Water? Whatever it is. The Avatar 2 there you go. movie That's just got easier. a new trailer. And, Daniel, I don't know if you watched it or not. I did not. It's a movie with a bunch of blue people and they go swimming. I'm going to watch it no matter what. So That's, yeah, that accurately, I think, sums up the trailer. It Don't get me wrong. It looks beautiful. The CGI is definitely top-notch. The only character that I remember is Jake. He's the main dude. Um, and then Zoe Saldana's character is like a, a Nitiri? Something. Maybe? I don't know. And then... Something like that? Uh, what's her name? She played... Was it Ripley in Alien? Yeah, yeah. She um, um, Sigourney Weaver. Her, yeah. Yeah, She she's playing a new character in this movie. She's playing, I think, Jake and Nitiri's adopted daughter who has Sigourney Weaver's voice, but it's not her character. I don't know. I think there's some kind of mind transfer shenanigans going on. Yeah, because didn't the bad but, guy who, like, spoiler alert, 
super died in the first movie. Isn't he back in this one? Yeah, he's coming back too. So I'm not sure if if he really died or if maybe the humans found his body and he was kind of alive. Or so maybe it's his twin brother. It. Maybe he has a twin brother. Or maybe, they, maybe they're cloning humans now instead of the Na'vi. Maybe they're making human avatars. And it's it's the Navi Maybe. that's taking control of them. Yes, I don't know. The humans are sense. back, which is another issue. Well, the the humans are back, even though they left. They got sent home in the last movie. They're back to do it again. So I think the CGI for this movie is probably going to be beautiful, top notch. The story, it's probably not going to be all that razzle dazzle. I don't think the first movie was all that razzle dazzle when it comes to story at all. But it looked good. So. Yeah, I could not tell you a single plot detail except for the part where they made alien love and put their hair together. With the hair. Yeah. yeah. That's so the I, only thing I can remember. The plot of the movie is disabled Marine goes to alien planet, puts his mind in alien body, falls in love with alien woman, have alien hair love. He joins their side, gets in trouble... Humans chop down big tree. Aliens get mad. Aliens fight back. Um, aliens win. Humans go home. Can I just say, that's probably some of the best nut chilling I have ever heard in my life. I mean, that's essentially the the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, as I said, the plot, not all that groundbreaking. It's pretty, pretty straightforward as far as. Humans go to alien planet, colonize it, get sent home. Pretty much. So. Whatever. I'm going to rewatch it at some point before the movie comes out. What is it? December 16th? I've... Yeah. I don't. I want to say the last time I watched Avatar. It was probably like junior year of high school. Uh, the last time I watched it. So it was probably it, like six or seven years ago. I was watching it uh, when I was still living with my mom. And that was. See, I moved out end of 2020, and it was well before then. I'm going to guess it was early 2020, late 2019 when I last watched it. Yeah, so maybe, maybe the plot has improved since then. Well, you can hope in I one hand. It, yeah, I don't think it has. So, Daniel, how about you kick us off or finish up our nerd news with the last piece? Yeah, so the last little bit that we've got for you today, uh, for anyone that has not been following news as far as Warner Bros. and DC movies goes... Uh, well, if you watch Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, I should say, not that crappy 2016 one. Ugh. Uh, that was directed by... That's my favorite Joker. <laughs> hot take. I hate you. Uh, hot take so hot that it's scalding. Yeah, so James... It burns me from the inside. So James Gunn directed that movie. He's the same guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he's going to be pretty much the new head. Uh, along- well... Well, co-head, co-CEO, co-CEO, whatever the name title that they have is, with Peter Safran, 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 some British guy who produced all the Conjuring movies and a whole bunch of the DC movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, they're they're essentially going to be co-chairs and co-CEO of DC Studios. Yeah. So I mean, the Suicide Squad. That was actually a lot of fun of a movie. Yeah. Um, I really don't like Margot Robbie that much. Not that, not because she's like a bad actress or anything. It's just her voice really irks me. No idea why. It just. Well, isn't that kind of the point of Harley Quinn? 
Isn't I, she supposed to like irk you? Well, yes, but the the voice is so. Just, in a way, she she really nailed it. But it's the same because she has that same voice in other movies that she's in. That like um, heavy. What is it like Brooklyn or Boston accent? I don't think so because I I think the only other movie that I can remember her in is The Legend of Tarzan. Which also was not that great of a movie. I didn't watch it. As a Tarzan fan, not huge, not 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 a great movie. Um, but she didn't have a like a East Coast accent in that movie. Um, maybe I'll have to go and actually so. watch some stuff that she's in. It's just uh, Suicide Squad really turned me off of the actress. So I guess I have to give her she, a second chance. Where's she from? That's a good question. Somewhere is between... she Australian? Yeah, she's Australian. So maybe what? like a Brooklyn accent is kind of similar to an Australian accent, so maybe it just kind of fit. Yeah, she's Australian, didn't you know? How is how are those two similar at whatever? We're I don't that's know. that's not the point. Uh James Gunn and Peter Safran, Safran, whatever his name is, they are going to be co-leading DC Studios going forward, which is good for DC cuz they needed a very solid uh producer head of their studio to keep them on track yeah and james gunn is a is a great director and peter safran at least just from his filmography in the past decade and a half is still in charge kind of seems in charge of one franchise that's succeeding in the conjuring and uh he's produced a whole bunch of the other dc movies like like uh aquaman shazam um did he do suicide squad or did he do Birds of Prey? He might have done Birds uh, of Prey because one of the Harley Quinn movies. Yeah. So he has an idea of what what DC should be doing. So I think the two of them together will will do an all right job. Yeah. Although Birds of Prey, not not a great movie. Yeah, I didn't watch it. So. Yeah. So uh, whatever. That's all we've got for nerd news. And mm-hmm. as far as rapid reviews goes, uh, Ryan, you're taking the wheel on this because I I still didn't finish House of the Dragon. Which is a shame because my really rapid review is House of the Dragon is a fantastic show. Um, I think on a scale of 1 to 10 dragon eggs, I'd probably give it a 9. I don't like giving things 10s just because I don't think it is perfect. There are things that I would kind of clean up and change a little bit. But I don't think this... I mean... So when I was preparing for this, I knew that I was coming into it with a kind of a biased view because I am a big Game of Thrones fan and I did read the book beforehand. So I knew the plot elements. So I wasn't caught off guard by like the time jumps or the actor changes because I already knew the characters and I was familiar with it. I knew it was going to happen. So I suppose those could be the biggest issues for people is that the transition mid-season from the younger actors to the older actors can be kind of jarring i didn't have an issue with it um the people i was watching some of the episodes with didn't have a problem with it but i did read online that some people were caught off guard by it so there's that um but as i was saying i was coming into when i was planning this review i knew i was going to be kind of biased towards the franchise because i am a big game of thrones fan so i was trying to do some research and find some of the biggest issues that that other people were saying. And to be honest, there's not that many that that are really popping up. 
the most major being the the time jumps and the character or the actor changes which for what it for what it did considering season one covered i think like 20 years of history i think it did a pretty good job with the time jumps time jumps can be really nasty in tv shows and in movies and i think this show did it really well um i know the cgi isn't the greatest there's a couple shots that come to my mind um i know in episode one there's a really bad shot of a dragon that does not look good but house of the dragon um budget wise i do not know yeah it had 20 million dollars per episode which i think rings of power i think had 60 million dollars per episode so it had a third of the budget for rings of power and a majority of the show looks fantastic some of the uh dragon shots don't look the greatest and some of the flying shots look kind of green screeny but when you have a limited budget and you're making big cgi dragons you kind of have to um you're gonna suffer a little bit so i, I suppose the cgi could be a, a little bit improved and then there's one episode where there's a lot of uh, night shots almost the entire episode takes place during the night and i know a lot of people had issues with it because they couldn't see on their tv it was too dark i didn't have that problem i was watching in a dark room on a big tv right in front of me so i could see perfectly fine but some people who i guess prefer to watch their tv with all the lights turned on in their living room maybe had trouble seeing um and, th and then there's a weird, there was a weird thing where, spoiler, in the last episode, Damon, uh, Matt Smith's character, kind of lashes out at his wife and uh, chokes her, grabs her by the neck and chokes her. Uh, not to death, he releases her later, but some people were, like, complaining about that. And I'm thinking, like, this is the same character who, like, two episodes ago chopped a dude's head off in court in front of everybody. This isn't a good guy. He has killed his own allies. He's killed his own troops. He has killed um, lords and noble people. He has insulted the king multiple times. This is not a character who is supposed to be a good person, and yet people were caught off guard when he assaulted his wife uh yeah that's that's kind of what damon does so i don't think it's a it, i don't think it's valid to be upset with him over that if that's who his character is um as for the way that the show ended i thought it was going to end one of two ways i was right um that it ended one of the two ways i'm glad they didn't go with the second one because i think it would have been a little rushed and I'm very excited for season two, especially because it's going to probably start with the second ending, which will really kick off season two. I think my highlights for season one, um, for sure in episode eight, um, the grand entrance of King Viserys that was moving, that was powerful, that entire like 10 minute court sequence was phenomenal one of the best things i've seen on tv in in recent memory it was beautiful it was powerful it was amazing um and then the ending of season one was also huge cliffhanger awesome to see if i didn't know it was coming i would have been 
so shocked. But of course, I knew it was coming, so I wasn't surprised. Um, yeah, I think I think that's my uh, my rapid review for House of the Dragon. Daniel, I don't know how much did you watch of House of the Dragon. I think I watched like the first four episodes, and then every time a new episode came out, I was like, oh, I'll watch it tomorrow. And then I just so, fell so far behind. I was like, ah, I would have watched. So of I, the, I, I would have watched it this week, but in my defense, you should have. In my defense. I got a new Pokemon game for my Switch, and I was playing that. Mm, not valid. Hey. But um, of of the episodes that you watched, and of the episodes you watched of Rings of Power, oh, what's the comparison? Game of or not Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon was actually able to hold my attention. Rings of Power, I was pausing it and then resuming it right away just so I could see how much time I had left. Whereas with House <laughs> of the Dragon, every time uh, I was watching a new episode, I was. I, I didn't actually care how much time was left because I was captivated by what was happening on the screen. Uh, the characters in that are much more likable. Uh, the story was actually thought through, and I, I can't say it didn't stray too far from the source material because I don't know the source material for either, but just based off of what you've said uh, on both of them, it sounds like the writers of the House of the Dragon show actually cared about the source material f- that they were going off of, whereas Rings of Power, they literally fired their lore librarian because they were the person was telling them things that they didn't want to hear. Uh, so yeah, Rings of Power, bad. House of the Dragon, good. Ryan, do you have any other thoughts you want to share? Yeah, I think I I agree pretty much wholeheartedly. Rings of Power, I was struggling to pay attention. I was infuriated by the lore changes and the inconsistencies. But I think the the biggest difference between the two is that House of the Dragon really focuses on these characters and makes these characters feel very real, very grounded, and very morally questionable at times. Like, you care about the decisions that they make because those decisions affect other characters that you care about. For Rings of Power... I didn't care about any of the characters at all. The main character, Galadriel, did not like her, did not care about her, and all the other characters that she interacted with didn't care. The only time that there was any kind of character interaction that was entertaining and felt like it had weight to it was when Elrond was interacting with the dwarves. That's the only time that I felt any kind of like character weight. Whereas in House of the Dragon, every single episode there were character moments that that just worked and the connection felt tangible and felt understandable and i could see those those relationships and reactions to things and they reflected feelings that i would also feel if i was in that situation so i think that's the biggest issue is that rings of power poured all of its money into spectacle and getting the rights to this name whereas house of the dragon focused everything on getting the characters right and yes that that means that season one is essentially a whole bunch of setup. But now for season two, we are going into the height or the beginning of the Targaryen civil war with characters that we legitly and intimately know and care about, which I think is very important going into a season two. Whereas Rings of Power season season two, I don't care. Anyways... Anyways, moving on to the last topic of the day. Black Panther comes out this week, or the 
the week of release. It'll be this Friday. Yeah. Daniel, I think you're going to see it on Thursday, as am I. What time are you seeing it? I'm seeing it at 8.30, so you'll be seeing it before me. <laughs> yes, I will. I'm going to I'm gonna message you while I'm watching the movie, and I'm, I'm going to My phone will be off, so nice try. My phone will be off. I'm going to look up spoilers on, on Wednesday and mm. send them all to you. No, I don't. I wanna, mean, if you if yeah, if you want to spoil it for yourself, go right ahead. No, but what yeah. we're going to be so, talking about today is kind of our theories and predictions, some of the general ones. That way, you guys can hear it first, and we can see how accurate we are um, a week from now when we're recording our review. Yeah. So, uh, really quick, you shared a sort of spreadsheet with oh. me with all sorts of trends about the uh, yes. MCU. With uh, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh, both the critic mm-hmm. and audience, as well as the total box office. Uh, do we want yes. to touch on that at all? Yeah, sure. Why not? So I don't know when I initially made these graphs. It was probably maybe a year or two ago. I think it was right after maybe Eternals came out or Hawkeye. So it would have been late last year that I made these graphs initially. So essentially what I did is I took all of the movies and TV shows that the MCU has released and took their IMDb score, their Rotten Tomatoes critic score, their Rotten Tomatoes audience score, and their total box office for the movies, not for the TV shows, and I compiled those all into a series of graphs depicting all this data, and it's just really cool to see the different trends and peaks and valleys depending on these certain... Uh, um, situations and then i use these graphs to kind of come up with some tentative estimations or estimates of what i think black panther wakanda forever will sit at so i don't know daniel if you want this is all statistical this is all factual (laughs) it's all based in numbers yes so it's all any of this is wrong go to ryan's house and burn it down well maybe maybe not maybe not that one but I don't know how much you want to you want to touch on the results of the actual graphs, or if we just want to talk about Black Panther, or you know what, let's just go into Wakanda Forever because it would take way too long to go into the details on every single movie and show yeah, that's on here. Although one lot. thing I will quick say, looking looking at this graph, uh, you do know that in Moon Knight, it's night with a K, right? Not, not. <laughs> I did put an end, didn't I? <laughs> okay but anyways based on the uh trends from box office and ratings uh let's see here oh gosh i don't even know what you've how this um so the results would be at the bottom i'm seeing this now um so i essentially compiled three separate scores i have the estimation that you would get strictly by following the graphs and the trends so all the all the data is plotted on these different graphs, and then I implemented a trend line which averages out all the scores, and it shows what these um, these statistics are trending towards, and I essentially estimated where that is. So if Black Panther Wakanda Forever trends on average following the trend line, the results for an IMDb score is about a seven. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes critic score will be an 85. 
The Rotten Tomatoes audience score will be an 84, so essentially the same thing. And then the box office will be about $1.25 billion, which not bad. Not bad numbers. Um, yeah, and seems, then that's just obviously, you know, it's average. It, it, it's a mathematical yeah. average for uh, all of the Marvel movies, but it does seem about right. I would not be surprised if these numbers are pretty accurate to what we're going to see next week. Uh, well, I'm hoping let, it's higher. Let me, well, comparing that to the first movie, uh, the first Black Panther got a 7.3 IMDb score, a 96 Rotten Tomatoes critics, a 79 Rotten Tomatoes audience, and it grossed $1.347 billion. So, according to the trend line, which Marvel is taking a little bit of a hit with Phase 4, the trend has been decreasing. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be lesser in most cases other than audience score um, compared to the first Black Panther. Now, I also took the liberty of creating a high estimate and a low estimate. So, essentially... You take the graph plus or minus a couple points, and that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a of a space between where these graphs are estimating it to be. So on the high average, I was guesstimating maybe a 7.2 IMDb score, a 91 critics, an 86 audience, and then grossing $1.35 billion. And then on the lower end, maybe a 6.8 IMDb, 83 critic, 79 audience and then grossing 1.15 billion dollars i think it's going to cross a billion dollars i mean dr strange in the multiverse of madness almost cracked a billion and that movie sucks so assume well, well it doesn't i don't suck. know if i'd say it sucked it's not great but it's it, it did not live up to the hype that it was supposed to yeah like when when the trailers or when the announcements were coming through for both Doctor Strange and Thor Love and Thunder, I remember having conversations where I'm like, these movies are easy billion-dollar movies for Marvel. These are going to be huge. They're coming off of a couple good um, um, Disney Plus shows. Spider-Man just came out. It's going to be huge. We are past the COVID era, so now we're kicking back into the billion-dollar Marvel movies. And then Doctor Strange came out, and it was kind of a letdown. And then Thor Love and Thunder came out, and that was very much a letdown. So, I mean, Thor Love and Thunder got a 6.4 IMDb with a 64 critic and a 77 audience, grossing $760 million. I think Black Panther Wakanda Forever can beat those numbers. And then Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness got a 7 IMDb, 74 critic, 85 audience, and $955.8 billion or million dollar gross. I think as long as Black Panther Wakanda Forever does what it's supposed to do, honor Chadwick, introduce Namor being an anti-hero, and don't go over the top in political pushing, I think this movie should probably perform decently well yeah and even if they do go into politics that's definitely something that you can do like if you were to look at something like uh, captain america civil war that was an extremely political movie but it was done in such a way well, that it didn't necessarily favor one side or the so other. i 
I think the the thing that you have to do is that it has to be politics that fit within the movie. It can't be outside politics that you bring in. So in Captain America Civil War, it was a political movie. It was politics that were happening within the Marvel Universe. Like the whole registration and, and, and the government uh, intervention of superheroes. That's very political, but it fits within the universe. I don't want them taking outside politics that are happening currently and then forcing that into the MCU timeline. I, I, just, I think it tends to be messier than it is uh, useful. Yeah. But anyways, enough of the uh, statistical analysis. Ryan, do you have any uh, theories about any surprise characters or plot details that are going to be coming up in the movie that um, you want to talk about before we end? So the official early reviews haven't came out. The um, social media reactions have, and they have been vastly positive so i do think we're probably going to see those higher trends that i was talking about previously but one of the the not the reviews but the reaction said it had one of the best end credit scenes of all of marvel so right away when i heard that i thought it's going to be dr doom right they're gonna they're gonna show doom is gonna show up yeah but then i saw another post um where it was I don't know if it was Ryan Coogler or someone said that Dr. Doom was never intended to be in Black Panther. And then it was kind of inferring that Dr. Doom doesn't show up in Black Panther. So so fans shouldn't get their hopes up for that because that's not what the end credit is. Now, whether or not I can actually trust those articles, if they're just misleading or if it's actually true, I would love if Dr. Doom shows up. I don't think he will. I think I'm leaning towards he's not going to show up. What's what's your take? Do you think Dr. Doom's going to show up? Uh, I really hope so. Uh, so keep in mind, you know, in previous movies, they'll say stuff like, oh, this character is not going to show up. And then they do. They're lying to you That's because true. they want to have you be surprised in the theater when it does happen. Uh, so I, I do think that it's a strong possibility. I'm hoping that it does. Uh, if you look at some of the... Um, Oh my gosh! What are they called? The, uh, like the the Wakandan warriors, whatever the the oh uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the girl ones, the one the Dora Milaje. Uh, if you look at the uniforms or the armor, whatever you want to call it, that they're wearing in certain scenes of the trailers, it does look very similar to some armor that they wear in comics, uh, that they wear specifically to go up against Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. So, it it could just be. A nice little reference like oh this is something that they wore in the comics or it could be something like hey we're getting this armor ready because he's on his way yeah it's possible it could also just be a nice little nod either way it's i i'm i think it's a very strong possibility if he doesn't show up he will at least be referenced do you think um i'm blanking on his country's name um Wakanda. No, Doctor Doom's country. Latveria. Latveria. Do you think the main villain? Because I don't think Namor is the true villain of this movie. I think that's too easy of a cop out for them to just make it about Namor the entire time. I think it's going to do a red herring, if you will. So I think what the situation is going to be, um, right away, the opening of the movie is going to be those scenes of 
some kind of research vessel, if it's Wakandan or not, that gets attacked, or maybe people have abducted Wakanda, Wakandans and they're experimenting on vibranium or something. Um, and somehow that interferes with the, um, I'm going to call them Atlanteans because I don't, they're like Talakanians or something like that. But Atlantean yeah, is just uh, easier. Yeah, the water people. Their own special name. Um, yes. And somehow that interferes with the water people, and that's how Namor gets pulled in. And then we're going to jump to Wakanda, and we're going to have the whole funeral sequence, and them burying Wakanda or um, T'Challa, and that whole funeral sequence. And that's when Namor shows up. Um, they released a, like a little bit of a teaser trailer where Namor shows up to um, Shuri and. What is T'Challa's mother's name? I don't know. With T'Challa's mother, he shows up to them and introduces himself, and and he said he basically threatens Wakanda, right? Um, I think whatever happens at the beginning of the movie with the research ship and stuff, that is going to make it seem that Wakanda is threatening Talakan, um, and that and then Namor is going to retaliate, and without Black Panther. Or without a Black Panther, Wakanda is vulnerable. So the water people are going to attack. And that whole kind of flooding of Wakanda and the whole Namor flying fight sequence, I think that's going to happen somewhere in the middle. Maybe like end of second act or something. But then the real villain, which means that Shuri in Black Panther suit and Namor are going to team up to fight the real bad guy, which maybe the people who were running the research vessel were um, Latverians, and maybe they're coming to attack. Maybe, I don't know, maybe somehow they resurrect a, um, T'Chaka Killmonger. Maybe he's the villain. I don't think so. But I don't, I, I just, I don't think Namor is the real villain of this movie. Yeah, so. I think it might be going back to civil war for just a second. I think it might be comparable to that where yeah. uh, in that movie, Zemo was the one that was pulling all the strings to make exactly. what he wanted happen. I think that it's possible that there is maybe not Dr. Doom himself, uh, but some other high ranking official in Latveria is the one that's kind of putting these people into situations where they act the way that they do. Yeah. And, th- but keep in mind, this is all speculation. We could be extremely yeah, maybe, wrong. Maybe maybe Namor is just the villain. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he just uh, he but, wants some extra vibranium, and or maybe the Wakandans just kind of screwed up and did kind of attack some uh, water people, and Namor is just retaliating. Who knows? Yeah. So really quick, uh, this interview that you talked about, where Ryan Coogler said, "Yeah, it was never our intention to include Doctor Doom." Did he specifically say Doctor Doom? Because it could always be. Victor Von Doom before he gets his power. I don't know if it was just a, a YouTube reaction that I saw or if it was an article I saw. But I thought I thought I saw something that said Doctor Doom was not or is not the end credit scene. Um, Alright, well only time will tell, yeah. so be sure to tune in in about a week so we can uh give you our reaction mm-hmm. we'll try not to get too spoilery maybe the week after next yeah. uh when so you have plenty of time to actually go and watch yeah. the movie but uh here's hoping yeah well, here's, here's hoping it's good yeah here's hoping it's good one last thing i wanted to ask you about what cameos do you think 
are going to happen in Black Panther? Uh, like existing characters? Do you think any pre- like pre-existing characters who make a, a, a another appearance in this movie? Uh, I think Rhodey might nuts. show up. I could see Rhodey showing up. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Winter Soldier made a brief appearance, or maybe even uh, Sam as Captain America, because he didn't he uh, get his suit from Wakanda? Yeah. So that's also a possibility. Um, I feel like they would plus, show that though. Well, maybe that's maybe that's the post credit scene, and it's setting something up for uh, maybe the new Captain America movie, yeah. or it's setting something up for the Thunderbolts movie. With, maybe it's uh, setting something up for uh, um, Ironheart. Yeah, it could be that too. Maybe, may, hey, maybe we're finally going to get to see Mephisto because apparently yeah, Mephisto. Maybe, is maybe be that's the end credit scene. Maybe it's maybe it's Mephisto all along. Yes, I, I and it's literally it's literally just Borat with red face paint. <laughs> I am wondering if this movie is going to um, tie into Moon Knight at all, just because you know the Egyptian gods and the Wakandan gods are kind of similar. As in Bast or Bast of Wakanda is Bastet of the Egyptians. So That's I wonder possible. if they're going to bring in that. And and then there's some theories that um, Namor is an avatar for one of the Aztec gods or Mayan gods. Because um, they call him Kukulkan, the feather serpent god, which is a god from um, Mesoamerican culture. So maybe he is a an avatar for one of the deities same way that moon knight is and that's why he can, that's why he's so absurdly powerful and can live for so long which would be maybe. cool what maybe it's maybe we'll get to see that uh that val chick or whatever her name was that's like assembling the thunderbolts who would she assemble though i don't know i mean she's talked to uh oh my gosh i'm drawing a blank on names um Natasha's sister, Yelena. Yeah. Talk to her. Talk to U.S. agent. Um, yeah, but those are for like ground here, level but... heroes. Like the most powerful member of that team is, is is Bucky, right? Well, Thunderbolt Ross, he's probably going to turn into Red Hulk. I suppose, but he's not yet. So she hasn't recruited. I'm I'm assuming she's recruiting for him. But he doesn't really count. So of who we've well, seen, it's really only Bucky. And who's she going to recruit? Namor? That's way too powerful. Also, though, actually, well, question, another question. Okay. Where do you think Namor is going to scale power-wise? Like compared to previous? Well, like as, as kind of lackluster as Phase 4 has been, Power scaling wise, we have some of the most powerful iterations of characters in this phase. Like Doctor Strange is mega powerful. Shang-Chi, very powerful. Wanda, very powerful. The Eternals, at least some of them, very powerful. Is uh, is Namor going to be? Uh, Thor, pretty powerful. I'd say maybe like uh, phase one or two Thor before he gets like super uber powerful. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. We'll we'll give you a review next week. Yeah. Oh, I can't All wait. Right, anything else you want to quick touch on? No, I think that sums that sums a bit about it. All right. Cool. 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 Well, anyways, hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening to this week's episode of Small Town Nerds. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, you, you know, that's always a good thing. 
Uh, if you want to reach out to us for any reason in particular, maybe you want to tell us to talk about something, or you have a theory that we should discuss, or you just want to say, hey guys, you're doing a good job. Even if you don't think we are and you want to lie to our faces, that's totally okay. You can email us at uh, stttpodcast at gmail.com or uh, follow us on Instagram at smalltownnerds, no spaces, spelt exactly how you would expect. And also I'd like to say thank you to I Fight Dragons for the use of our theme song, which is back now, if you, know, if you couldn't hear it at the beginning for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, thanks to I Fight Dragons. Uh, that song is The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth. It's off the album Kaboom. I just listened to so many of their songs. You seriously got to check them out. It's They're a banger of a band. Uh, anything else, Ryan? That's everything, I think. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, hey, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week with a new episode. Till then, don't die, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. You